welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ was birthed in worship. And in Revelation, in chapter 4 and chapter 5, it gives to us just a little snapshot view into what's going on in heaven around the throne room of God. And we discover it is nonstop worship. We can't really say worship 24-7 because there's no 24-7 in heaven. It's just eternity, right? We only have 24-7 here on earth. When we get to heaven, there's no 24-7. It's just like always, forever. And there's no beginning and there's no end. That's a little tough to get your mind around, isn't it? I remember this was back in about 1983. We're, we're driving home from church one Sunday night. We were in the middle of an amazing 20 months of revival. And it was common for our Sunday night church service to start at 6 and go till midnight. Okay, and, and it was one of those nights when we had been there, and it was about 11 o'clock at night. We're heading home. And in the dark in the back seat, I hear this tiny voice go, that makes my mind hurt. <laughs> it's from my son, who is only about four, maybe five years old. And I'm going, okay, what makes a four or five-year-old mind hurt, you know? And I go, Aaron, what? He goes, Thinking that God just always is. That I, I'm trying to picture this, this little guy trying to figure out eternity, right? And I'm going, you think it makes your mind hurt. It doesn't get any easier when you become an adult. <laughs> Worship going on nonstop. There's, there's four angelic beings that that's all they do. Non-stop for eternity is cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There is this group called the 24 elders that fall on their face and throw crowns at the feet of Jesus and worship him. And then there's this multitude that he says there's thousands of thousands times ten thousands. And they are gathered in heaven and it says loudly, they are proclaiming the greatness and the majesty and the wonder. You You are worthy to be praised. Come on, give him a praise. Hallelujah, Lord. The kingdom of God is a culture of worship. But there's something else that's really, really significant. We have to develop a culture of worship in our own life personally. If the kingdom of God is a culture of worship, and we come here on Sunday and worship, if this is the only time you worship, then you're out of step with the kingdom of God in your life. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. And so God wants us to develop a personal culture of worship so that we are living in continual 
relationship with the kingdom of God itself. Amen? So we need to develop a, king, a, a personal culture of worship. And how do we do that? Why is it so significant that this happened in our life? Well, Psalm, Psalm, one, <laughs> what happened to my pointer? Somebody sabotaged my pointer. You know, I have found a great way to fix things is just bang them. <laughs> Except your pointer. If you happen to have a 2A battery back there, dearest brother, oh, it's actually AAA, forget it. You probably don't have a AAA. Do you have a AAA? He does. Hey, here you go, right here. I'm going to toss this to you. Catch. Thank you, brother. Um, Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, we enter his gates... With thanksgiving. In other words, we step into the protection and the covering of Almighty God by having a heart and spirit of thanksgiving. But it also says, and into his courts with praise. In other words, we 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 develop that relationship with him, that personal relationship through worship. We think about Adam and Eve that they walked with God in the cool of the day. They had this incredible personal walk with God. But dear ones, you can have that same personal walk with God as you're developing a a culture of praise and worship in your own life. But Samuel 16, 14 to 23 tells us that praise and worship is a mighty weapon against the forces of darkness. Did, Did that solve the problem, you suppose? It did. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. One Samuel, David would come in and he would play and sing and worship God. And while he was, while he was worshiping God, the demonic spirits that were harassing the king would leave. Dear ones, could it be that in your home personally, the reason there's so much harassment from the enemy is you don't have enough worship and praise going on in your home. And if you would develop that into your family, you could drive those tormenting spirits right out the door. Here's the next one. Acts 16. This is, this is a very interesting one because you have, you have the apostle Paul and Barnabas, and they're in prison. And instead of having a whining poor me, and oh, let's just be sad, and oh, isn't life terrible, and oh God, why did you do this to me, and oh God, where are you? Instead of having any of that stuff going on, they are, they are literally in chains, and they're in, not just in prison, they're under the foundation of the prison in, in this just most horrible solitary confinement. And as they're down there, they, they hold a worship meeting. And they begin worshiping and praising God. And by the power of their worship, the chains fall off, the prison door opens, and they're released from prison. And I am sharing with you, there are going to be times the enemy is going to try and imprison you. He will try and oppress you to the point that he gets your emotions suppressed. And he will try and suppress your thinking to the point that you're confused and you just feel like you're walking in a fog and you're in this 
place that you can't seem to get out of. And I'm telling you, the way to break out of that is developing a culture of personal worship and praise. It will break the chains and release you out of that place the enemy has tried to drive you. Here's the last reason it's significant to you. It's found in Joshua. It breaks strongholds. And it, and it defeats the armies of the enemy. Jericho. I, I, I would guess that many of you here know the story of the battle of Jericho. And they didn't raise a weapon until they had a worship celebration that crushed the walls. And then they could go in and, and they, could, they could reap the spoils of their victory. In Second Chronicles, we have this story of Jehoshaphat. There's a coalition army. Life hasn't changed very much since then because it's, it's from the area of Jordan and Syria and Saudi Arabia. <laughs> okay. In other words, the Arab, the Arab countries, they're, they're attacking Israel. And God says, don't send the army out, send the choir. And so the choir goes out, they're singing, they're praising. And Almighty God confuses the enemy, they kill themselves. And when the Israelites get to where the coalition army was at, they're all dead. And all they got to do is reap the spoil. And there, there is in your life right now. The enemy, the enemy is developing a strategy to destroy you and to destroy your family. But I am telling you, you are never at the mercy of your enemy. And if you will develop a personal culture of worship in your life, as you worship Almighty God, God will give to you the strategy to defeat the enemy every time he comes against you. The promise Almighty God has given to his sons and daughters is this. That when the enemy comes against you one way. The Lord God is going to raise a banner up against him. And he will flee before you seven. God wants to show you his mighty power. But we must develop that culture of personal worship in our life. Now, as we're developing that in our life, we, we have to develop our, our worship in agreement with our love language. We've talked about the mighty weapons, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the other weapons that we have that God has given to us. The name of Jesus Christ the armor of God. There's other mighty weapons that God has given to us that, that we're going to talk about over a series of weeks. And then we're going to talk about the authority that God has given to disciples so that, that we can truly live the kingdom of God 24-7. But dear ones, if we're going to develop this, this personal culture of worship so that we're using the mighty weapon of worship on a consistent, regular basis in our life, It's got to be in agreement with our own personal love language. Every one of us have a love language. In fact, most often the reason that couples have their love tank really, really empty is rarely 
Does a man and a woman, when they get married, have the same love language? Now, I, I, I know that that happens occasionally, but it's really rare. Because usually what happens is this guy says, I love you in Chinese, and his wife says, I love you in Russian. <laughs> and they can't figure out how come... And, 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 they'll, and here's what will happen. They'll go, to the, they'll go to the pastor or they'll go to a marriage counselor or they'll sit down together and she'll say, he never says he loves me. And he goes, I say it to her all the time. And she goes, no, he doesn't. He never says he loves me. And he goes, are you kidding me? What more can I say? I wash your car, I vacuum the car, I mow the lawn, I do all that. And he's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, all the time with acts of service. But she gets it through expressions of appreciation and thankfulness. And she, her love tank's running on empty. I have five people right now in the room going, has he been listening into our home? <laughs> But you know, our, our worship is expressed through our love language also. And I, as, as I was thinking about this, I began going through scripture and, and just looking at some of, the, some of the historical figures in scripture and matching them up with love language. Now, don't lock these in concrete, okay? Because you're going to see it probably a little bit differently. But this is how I saw it. I, 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 I tested this on Wanda the other day, and she was telling me, oh, no, no, that's not him. That's him. And I go, okay, all right, I get it. This is illustrative. This is not Holy Bible, okay? How many say amen? amen. So I'm illustrating. Okay, here we go. Because somebody's going right now, where did you get that in the Bible? Okay, all right. <laughs> Expressions of affirmation. This is where... This is where someone just needs to hear, you know, that the, the wife needs to hear you say, oh, you look beautiful in that color. It just makes your eyes sparkle. Babe, I, thank you. Thank you for dinner. That, that was really good. And, and, and maybe she didn't just knock it out of the park tonight with the dinner, but she worked just as hard with it. And just for you to say, thank you for making dinner, babe. I really appreciate it. You know? Are you, are you getting with me? Okay. And, and doing it in a variety of ways. Little notes, saying it to her, walking up behind her, what's up, giving her a squeeze and whispering in her ear. I just so appreciate you. You know, and just different ways, just different ways of, of giving those, those expressions of affirmation, expressions of encouragement. Okay. And when, when I think of that, I think of the Apostle Paul. Just, just read. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians. He's always telling, oh, I, I'm so thankful for you. I so, amen? Okay. And, and, and I, just, I just go, this guy, that must have been his love language. He was doing it all the time. Okay. How about spending quality time? Some people just, I mean, they, you, you could say thank you and that stuff all the time. But what really fills their tank is when you just go to Starbucks and sit together. And talk, and I love watching. I love watching the difference between guys and gals doing this. The gals get together around those little tables in there in each other's face, and they're talking. And guys are going, "Don't you dare put me there." 
Because how guys, they'll sit together and they're staring at the other wall. They're just sitting there. And some of the guys said, oh, yeah. Oh, did you see that score tonight? Yeah. Right? Guys, am I right? Don't put me in that face-to-face little tiny deal. Okay. But when I think of quality time, I think about Moses. Moses would, would go to the mountain or he would go to the tent of meeting and spend hours just fellowshipping with God in quality time with Almighty God. And then there's this expression of service. The guy who keeps, I tell her I love her all the time. But how he's doing it is by doing stuff for her. Okay, keeping her car running, doing things like that, you know. And, and acts of service. That's, that's my bride all over the place. Okay? Acts of service and quality time. She just, she just loves that. Okay? And it means so much to her. That's why, guys, listen. I've got enough brownie points from now to the year 3030. And it's doing one thing, and I've done it for years. One simple thing. I make the coffee in the morning, and I'm always up two or three hours before she is, because I'm an early riser, and I get up and I get out when we're in a motel like we were Friday night over in Olympia doing the memorial service on Saturday morning. I'm awake by usual time, 4.30, I'm out the door, because if I stay in the room, I'll wake her up. And then I'm not getting brownie points. <laughs> but I make the coffee, and then when she wakes up, I first hear her wake up. I go in, I take her her cup of coffee, made her favorite way, and I get out of the room. You don't talk to her, you don't say hi, you just bring the coffee. Twenty minutes later, I'm back in the room with the pot and the half and half, and I'm giving her her warm-up, and I'm back out the door. (laughs) Hour and a half later, she's ready to say good morning. (laughs) You can't believe that little act of service. It's just crazy. And I help her with the dishes. Just little acts of service. It means so much to her. Have you ever thought about worshiping God and how your worship to God is expressed through your love language? There are people in this room that Sunday morning, you know, we're clapping and we're singing and, and I can't just stand still. I got to bounce with the music and, 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 and we're worshiping almighty God and, and I'm just getting it. And there are other people there, they're kind of, okay, you know, See, their, their, their acts of service or their, you know, their quality time, and they don't get that. That doesn't really connect with them. But if you're a person, your love language is expression of appreciation, affirmation, and we're saying it, you're getting it. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, you're getting it. Or, or if your love language is physical touch, you're getting it. Because it's, it's zeroed in on you. You're getting it. 
You can, oh yeah, come on. Yeah, you can. And, and what Father wants us to learn is how to take our personal culture of worship and understand how it fits with our, with our love language and learn to express it that way. Let me, let me show you. Every one of these were worshipers. Go to the next slide for me. Watch, watch this. This is really, really cool. Now, let me say something to the men. How many men up here noticed all of the people I picked are men? Did you get that? It's not because I'm chauvinist. It's because I wanted the men to understand. Worship is manly. It's not just for the, for the gals in the room. Worship is manly. You don't, you don't find a more manly guy than King David. But also you don't find a guy that worships more than King David. He wrote 73 of the 150 Psalms. This was the guy who, when, when he knew they were going to have to go to battle before he ever went to war, he'd go to the cave of Adullam and he'd worship God before he ever went to war. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a man's man. You don't get anyone more man's man than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And yet, there's a scripture that talks about him dancing before God. He was a man's man. So look, look, these, you know, Apostle Paul, Acts 16, he was the one that was worshiping in prison. You got Moses. Moses wrote Psalm 90, by the way. You've got Daniel, this guy who was the master administrator for a nation. And yet he was a worshiper. In fact, it got him put into the lion's den because he was a worshiper. That's kind of amazing. Peter, I, I love Peter. Peter, Peter loved gifts. And, and when, when he wrote his epistle, he wrote it from the, from the love language of a gift giver. And, and he, he talks about, you know what? We were not redeemed by corruptible gifts, but by incorruptible gifts. Interesting, isn't it? He was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. He was one of those that was continually in the temple, worshiping and praising God. And of course, you know about David. So how does this work for you? How do you make this work? Let's just touch on that for about three minutes. I want to give to you some steps of making this work. And uh, where is my connect team? If you would please, uh, we, we need to get these handed out to everyone. Remember two weeks ago, I talked to you about the nine Hebrew words that were expressions of worship. I made a little uh, homemade bookmarker for you. Now this is going to be really difficult to get into your Bible app. <laughs> Five people got that. Um, but you can put it on your refrigerator. You can tape it to your dashboard. If you happen to still use one of the Bibles that has pages, you can put it in there. Okay. 
But put this somewhere, I, I'm serious about putting it somewhere where you, can, where you can get to it every day. And, and here's the steps I'd like to recommend to you. Number one, would you starting, go to the next slide for me, please. I'm, I'm skipping this one, okay? You didn't mess up. I'm just skipping this one. Uh, set aside five to ten minutes each day. I'm asking you from today on, would you maybe get up five, ten minutes earlier? Or would you set aside a part of your lunch hour where you can get alone? Would set aside five to ten minutes every day just for worship. This isn't the time to read your Bible. This isn't the time for you to, to ask God for things. This is just for worship. And I highly recommend that for that, that you download an MP3 or, or go to YouTube or, or buy the CDs, whatever, of whatever your favorite is. You know, if it's Hillsong, Hillsong United, uh, uh, Bethel, or Michael W. Smith, or uh, the guy out of Georgia, I'm not thinking of his name, or Lincoln Brewster, or whoever, whoever your, your worship person is, Okay. Gaither, okay, whoever. Get some music downloaded that you can sing with. And and the reason I'm recommending that is because if you're developing for the first time in your life a a culture of worship, you're going to need that assistance. God designed that for you. And worship with it. And, and, And practice doing these nine things. Practice lifting your hands to God. Practice clapping. Practice having a time of shouting. Now, obviously, if you're at work and you've got a quiet place, or maybe if you're like me, I have to shout in a whisper in the morning because I don't wake Wanda up. But I'm out and I'm just shouting, Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm doing that. And, and I'm just doing it in a whisper. But I want to tell you something. That whisper shouting absolutely moves mountains. And it drives out demons. But practice. Practice. Develop this in your life. Develop it in your life. So that you are continually walking in the kingdom of God 24-7. The power of what I'm saying to you came to reality to me several years ago in a powerful way. We were in the middle of a church plant. Most of you know that before coming here, Wanda and I had planted four churches and gone to four churches that were really, really broken and helped them get back to life-giving ministry. We were in the middle of this church plant. It was in the early months, and God was doing amazing things. It, it, was, it was growing really rapidly. Our first Sunday, we had 28 people. The next Sunday, we had 50 people. The next Sunday, we had almost 100 people. It was just crazy what God was doing. 
I woke up with a start about 2 in the morning, 2.30. And I realized there was a demonic force standing right beside my bed. And, and he was whispering to me, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill your family. And it's just something rose up inside of me. That was really dumb of him. Because it just rose up inside of me. And, and I jumped out of bed and I went out. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you our house was literally filled, ceiling to floor with demonic forces. And we, we had an upstairs area, more like, almost like a loft area where our kids' bedrooms were. And, uh, and our bedroom was on the main floor. And, and I am walking back and forth. And I'm not pleading with God. I am declaring the name of Jesus. And I am proclaiming the greatness and the majesty of my God. And I'm proclaiming his blood. And I am proclaiming his mighty power. And I'm declaring how Jesus Christ had destroyed principalities and powers and made an open shame of them. And I am declaring and proclaiming back and forth. And I am shouting in a whisper. Jesus, I'm doing it by the authority of Jesus' name. Jesus is victory. And I'm shouting in a whisper and proclaiming in a whisper. And all of a sudden, this is no exaggeration. The front door opened by itself and closed, and the demonic forces left. Now, I had one guy who said, why the door open? He goes, I, I have no idea. Maybe God just wanted me to know. He had sent them out. I don't know what. They did, certainly didn't need to use the door. You know what I'm saying? But it did. Now, for the first thing I had, I looked at that, I went, whoa. I mean, it's kind of weird to see the door open and close by itself. And those spirits left by worship. And proclaiming, not by begging. We are never at the mercy of our enemy. We don't have to beg for God to defeat our enemy. He is defeated. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.